Welcome to Loving God and Making Money. I'm Julaine Smith. And I am Kyla Alvarez. Kyla Kramer Alvarez. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the podcast. Kyla and I are here to light a fire under your ambition so that you can go into the marketplace and make more, save more, and give more than you ever dreamed possible. All to the glory of God. Yes, yes, yes. God is glorified, folks, when we prosper. And so Kyle and I are continuing in this podcast series, The Workplace, A Sea of Despair. If you've been listening, I know you've been challenged by some of the things that we've been talking about, because I know I personally have been challenged by some of the things we've been talking about as we've explored what it really looks like to lean into the kingdom of God in the marketplace, right? Mm -hmm. And then in terms of the vision that we have for our lives, how do we walk that out? How do we manifest vision in the world? that we are working in. And last week, we began to think about this in terms of equity, diversity, and inclusion, Mm -hmm. which is really very important in today's marketplace, um, especially for leaders, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's a a challenge. Uh, Well, I don't want to describe it as a challenge. It's a mandate. It's a mandate for leaders in the marketplace today that they must begin to incorporate In the building up of their teams, Mm -hmm. diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's a mouthful, but that's the reality. So, Kyla, today we want to continue where we left off as we were talking about this a little bit. And you said something I thought was really profound that needed to be examined a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And it had to do with the statement you made that, uh, that leaders and the people that they lead, that there should be friendship there. If it's going to, if, if they want to build authentic equity yep. at the table yep. versus tokenism. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So we're both women of color. So we, yeah, we understand true. what tokenism is all yes, we do. about. Been okay? there, done that, <laughs> been used by that, and I try to negate it as much as possible. Okay, it is a reality. <laughs> but at the same time, me being a baby boomer, you being a millennial, yeah. we do have a different uh, perspective based on our experiences, yep. right? Uh, as it pertains to what friendship uh, looks like in the marketplace. Okay. So what do I mean by that? I've been a leader of organizations, uh, for large corporations, uh, as well as small. And in my training and in my experience as a leader, there's always been like this, this little bit of a line that I would draw between, uh, me being the leader, uh, of a, of a, a group of, of folks, a team, Versus me looking at them as my friend. Mm -hmm. And so when you use that word friend, it caused me Uh to kind of go, what do you mean friend? And so I substituted in my mind relationship building, Mm -hmm. right? But I don't know if that's what you really meant. Um, So I wanted to toss that back to you so we can just, you know, examine that a little bit more from the perspective of, We're talking to leaders, right? We're hoping that leaders are listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about it from that perspective. What does it mean to be a friend with those you are leading? Yeah. So my background, um, I've been in leadership or a form of leadership for, let's see, about 13 years now, Mm -hmm. different mentoring, pastoring, and developing leaders myself. Um, Sat in multiple different positions also of like building leaders, what it means to build leaders. And that's always hard because people want to draw that fine line of like, oh, we don't cross into the friend zone. I'm your leader. 
not your friend. Yes. And um, I don't want to say that's an older mindset, <laughs> but but uh, older, outdated. Yeah, no, no. I don't know. <laughs> no longer relevant. No. I it's just for me. I get it. Zone. I get it. I okay. I get it. But friendship. And relationship. I guess, I mean, I could use relationship too. Okay. But friendship requires a form of intimacy mm-hmm. that I think is important. And when you look at the table of Jesus and you see his disciples, they weren't just his disciples. They were his friends. And scripture actually very clearly states that those are friends. Yes. That he's among his friends. Yes. and But it, not everybody was considered to be a close... Yes. Um friend, if you yes. will. I mean, even within the disciples mm-hmm. cohort, yep. there were some who were closer Three. than other. Yep. Right. You are right. So when we're talking about leadership and, and this idea of equity, diversity, equity, and inclusion, mm-hmm. um, how, how can a leader uh, uh, walk that fine line, if you will, of Knowing a person, because I believe that that at the end of the day, this is what we're saying, that you know the person. In other words, you understand um, who they are beyond what they can do. Exactly. So how can you as a leader walk that line of getting to know the people you work with without crossing a line into a friend zone that can quite honestly uh, result in uh, leaders being ineffective? Mm Mm-hmm. In their leadership, mm-hmm. if there isn't a, a level of, I'll use this word, respect, mm-hmm. that comes by virtue of the fact that there's not that familiarity. Yeah. You know, have you ever heard the term familiarity breeds contempt? I've heard it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so as, as a leader in any workplace situation, there is sometimes a need to to decide and announce to not all, you don't always get the opportunity to seek consensus when you're trying to make decisions. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have to just establish yourself as uh, the decision maker. Yep. And if you're in a, a, um, a team environment that has been uh, created where people no longer respect that because mm-hmm. they view you as a friend, a friend. Yeah. then it could cause you as a leader to be in some really challenging um, situations when you have to make maybe unpopular decisions or decisions that, people might not all agree with. It's true. Right? And, and that's where discernment comes in, though. I think um, discerning what lines not to cross is really very much on an individual level. I know mm-hmm. um, corporations have whole training programs developed for that. Um, but I think that that is where discernment comes in. But my the reason why I use friendship is because the workplace has done a really good job creating dehumanizing people Mm, because they just are uh assets that are brought to the table to do a job exactly almost uh, almost robotically yes and 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 that's what we do we we're like okay here's your contract you have been assigned to perform this this task task, and that's that and And guess what? It's not working. This is why a workplace is a sea of despair. People come in, they feel used, abused, unappreciated, Mm. and devalued. Mm. It isn't that necessarily their work or their contribution is devalued. Who they are feels devalued. So that's where I'm getting into. We have to have equity into the whole system that partakes 
um, uh, that that contributes to a person. Oh my god! So gosh. this is why we. we I mean, I'm going to take motherhood for example. Motherhood okay. is a great example because I feel like the workplace has mm. started navigating what that needs to look like. So if we're having women mm-hmm. in the workforce mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. you know that that has changed. Women work now here yeah. in the states. Yeah, we understand there are some things that concern women particularly. You mm-hmm. have to look at breastfeeding Mm -hmm. you have to look at maternity leave or paternity leave now you have to look at you know child care so some works spaces they offer like the gates foundation they they offer huge incentives now like hey here's some extra money to to offset your child care Mm -hmm. um you know what new rooms for pumping and feeding babies is provided like those things have come alongside because people have seen oh you're not just a person this is your reality. This is right. a part of who you are. And we as a company are going to come behind who you are and value that and, and create a space that makes and helps you thrive in who you are. I love that. Now, see, what you've done is you've brought this conversation to a policy level uh, decision mm-hmm. making, right? Yep. Now, this is interesting because a couple things you said. One was that uh, we have to see the whole person. Yep. Can I just say, listeners, um, all of you who are in leadership, this is extremely important, what Kyla and I are talking about in this regard. People don't want to feel like they walk into a company and they can't bring their whole self into that company. Mm -hmm. They have to leave a part of themselves at the door. That is a um, very oppressive situation for any worker to be in. And that's yet the situation that people will find themselves in when you don't take time to really get to know them. Mm -hmm. So now this whole idea of friendship and relationship is being uh, brought to a place where we can put some uh, structure around it because in the knowing who it is that is working with you, uh, if you know that you have women working in your business who are in the birthing season of their life Mm -hmm. and motherhood is it is the primary and most important role a woman who finds herself with child can ever play. Yeah. You only get one chance to feed into that child's life as mm-hmm. a mother, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you also have aspirations for a career. So if you know as a leader that that's who you're employing, then from a policy level perspective, for you to allocate resource yeah. in the form of facility and in, in the form of, uh, of um, benefits yeah. that are going to help the woman mm-hmm. to bring her whole self to work, to be that mother, then you are seeing the woman. Yes. And this is why there's so much change. And this is, well, actually, this is why diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. is no longer just part of HR departments for a lot of companies. Uh-huh. It's moved out of that because people are finally seeing the well-being of my company yes. is dependent upon the well-being of my employees. Yes. And if people don't feel like they have buy-in, yes. statistically, people do not perform well. Right. So if people don't feel valued, you're not going to get the output That's that you it. want. So That's even it. from a practical standpoint, as mm-hmm. a good employer, mm-hmm. as a good business, mm-hmm. um, yeah, hi, you want to invest into the people that you're employing because you actually practically get a better return. And guess what? Scripture mm. loves that too. Mm. God's like value the people, not just yeah. what they do. God's in right. the business of building 
people. Right. So there is such oh, a great return in investing into the well-being of people. And, you know, one of the biggest things we've seen even um, – among like even schools, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. even workplaces. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, dreadlocks used to be banned from, you mm-hmm. know, being quote unquote professional at work. Mm-hmm. But hi, part of like a lot of African black traditions is to have dreadlocks. That's, that's part right. of who someone is. Oh, that's and right. someone's not going to shave off their dreadlocks just because they need to right. c- conform to your business model anymore. Why? Because shaving that dreadlock off is essentially saying, oh, they're going to assimilate to your being. They're going to leave who they are out the door. I am not so-and-so enough. And in this case, maybe I'm not um, European enough to be to be in this place. So people shave off a part of who they are, leave it behind, oh, and negate yeah. that part We've of themselves. And, yeah. and that's why businesses are changing. They're saying, oh, come as you are. Why? Because who you are, what you have to contribute matters. I see you. Just like yes. we were saying, saying yeah. earlier, I see you. Yes. And what's important about that Jesus topic too of... Um, the woman who anoints the feet of Jesus, we have to remember she was not asked from Jesus to assimilate. Right. She came as she was. was. Jesus doesn't say, oh, hey, go clean yourself up, girl. Oh, actually, go get your husband. Then you can have equity at the table. There's no no stipulation for her to get to that table. (laughs) Jesus is like, oh, actually, girl, come as you are. I like how you are and how you are matters. And Mm. that's what we need in order to teach people a little more about what's happening. Oh, my goodness, Kyla, that is exactly it. So as a leader, that is where our mind Mindset should mm-hmm. be the that being that we are willing to embrace the fullness of people that we are doing life with in yes. the workplace, mm-hmm. that we are not asking them to take off a part of themselves mm-hmm. or to change their their um who they are at their core mm-hmm. in order to be seen by us, to have a seat at the table with us, yeah. to to have an equitable voice yes. at that table. That we are honoring diversity, really, mm-hmm. not just with tokenism, but in terms of really embracing the whole person. Yes. So that is what a leader who is bringing the kingdom of God into the marketplace will want to do. They yes. will want to lead in that way. And that is very different mm-hmm. from leadership of old. I mean, speaking from a baby boomers experience, Mm -hmm. that is not uh, the kind of leadership um, culture, if you will, that we were uh, trained up. Yeah. It was really more what you said earlier, which is you hire the right person who has this the talent or the skill to do the job. And then as long as they get along and play well in the sandbox, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Then they have their position, but the getting along well and playing in the sandbox, what came along with that yes. was this expectation uh-huh. that you weren't going to stand out too much. Yep, you have true. to kind of assimilate, wear the uniform, yep. put on the mask, come in and become just like us. Mm-hmm. And it's not working anymore. And that's why, you know, from my millennial point of view, um, I know there's so much baggage that people throw with millennials, but I think one of the most beneficial things millennials have brought is 
a refusal to conform to the old system. Mm. I think we're tired of it. We've seen what it's done to our parents. Yeah. We've seen the amazing decline of joy, of, of you know, just well-being. Yes. And it just doesn't work. And mm-hmm. so I think, yeah, there does need to be balance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But guess what? My generation doesn't want that. And so if you guys are the ones employing us, guess That's what? Right. In order to meet our needs, you have to meet us where we are That's and right. who we are. And we want to be valued as people and and all that we are and, and all the systems that come with us. And mm-hmm. I think that's why we also have to take a, a big look at what is our work environments doing to people. Yes. And yeah. we have to take seriously, if we're going to see people and see our employees, we have to see practically the environments that we're creating for people. Exactly. So um, exactly. I want to like even shift this conversation a little bit to even work environments. So when we talk about building the kingdom of God, we have to take seriously, okay, what does the kingdom practically look like here in the workplace? Mm-hmm. And one of the older mindsets of, of the workplace is justifying work environments. If you have a low paying job, um, you're, it's okay to treat you a certain way. If you're on the bottom of the totem pole, you, mm. you know, I, I mean, to be honest with you, cause I work, you know, in a lot of oppressed communities, marginalized communities, mm-hmm. it's normal to hear stories that people work 39 hours a week, just an hour short of benefits so that the employer doesn't have to pay for their benefits. Mm. Mm, and that's not mm, abnormal no, or we'll no. overwork you, but guess what? We'll do it in a way where we'll finally give you salary, but now uh-huh. we're going to work you three times harder and not give you any incentive for anything else. Right. That's right. pretty much enslaving people. Right. Um, right. there's, uh, you These know, things do happen folks. I mean, oh, Kyla, yeah. you're telling, you're telling the truth. Yeah. And it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's really heartbreaking or certain people who don't speak English, you know, are no longer available for promotions, even though you have all the capacity within your workspace to maybe pay for them to have certain language skills. Like you, Mm -hmm. you can pay for those things if you really think that think that's a hindrance is the second language yeah i mean there's just systematic things that keep people down and i even work with people who you know they literally can't afford an hour away to go vote they can't even drop off their ballot they they don't have time to drop off a ballot because if they miss that one hour they will be short just that tiniest amount to be able to pay rent and that rent they live paycheck to paycheck and that is the way they have a roof over their head mm-hmm. i mean they literally can't vote because of that or they can't i know one woman who just broke her leg this last week and didn't go to the doctors even though she knows she has a broken leg because she can't afford to take work off. You want to talk about loving people, Mm -hmm. seeing people in Mm -hmm. your workplace. Mm -hmm. We as employers, people in empowering positions, we have to take seriously the well-being of what it means for these people to live, not just to contribute practically, but what, what systems are people living into? And if we're creating environments where people are so enslaved to that kind of work, guess what? You're an oppressor oh my god well there it is folks at the end of the day and so the challenge for us as leaders and listeners to this podcast who are aspiring to make more save more give more to be a woman or a man of god who loves god and is making money this is a real life 
challenge. It is. This is a challenge of leadership that we have to step up to the plate, folks, and address. We should be the ones in the marketplace, in the workplaces, advocating Mm -hmm. for policies and for practices that uh, demonstrate that we love people. We see mm-hmm. people. We are uh, embracing the wholeness of those who we employ. And so as Kyle and I are wrapping this up for this week, uh, we just want to challenge each and every single one of us. I include myself in this. Uh, those of us who are building companies, those of us who are small business owners. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It, it is a challenge because when you're trying to manage cash flow to make your mm-hmm. working capital work, you have to make some hard decisions around how you're going to pay your people and how you're going to use that yeah. money. But the the fact is, if you're conscious, if you're conscious, if you're awake, yes, if you're not asleep, that's the key. you got to be aware, yes. right? You can at least begin to make some decisions that will uh, bring about the desired result and the desired change. And I happen to believe that when we begin to align our values and our policies and our practices with the standards that the Lord God himself set forth in the word, mm-hmm. that there is a supernatural response that happens yes. called favor. Yes. Favor ain't fair, folks. That's right. <laughs> and when we get to that place where we are now leading in a way that uh, demonstrates who we are, we bringing the kingdom of heaven into the workplace. I know a man, his name is Jesus, and he will show up in the form of the Holy Spirit and give you favor that will enable your business to prosper. So as we wrap this up, Kyla, you know what? I just want to thank you for being a Mm -hmm. voice, Mm -hmm. a voice in the workplace, a voice on this podcast, Mm -hmm. even right to help us who are listening to understand that we are the agents of change. So we're going to wrap it up this week, but come back because we're going to continue in this conversation. We're talking about the workplace, a sea of despair. Next week, we're going to dive into a little bit of a discussion about wisdom, because obviously this is a challenge. It's a topic that's challenging us. So we need some wisdom to figure out what it is that we need to do Mm -hmm. and when timing is everything, when it is we should be doing it. So thank you so much for listening, Kyla. Mm -hmm. Anything you want to say before we power down? No, just want to empower you all. You know, maybe practically take some time, pray over, you know, what what you're hearing, spend time with God and just think about, God, what is this calling me to? Amen. Amen. All right. So until next week, go on into the marketplace, do your thing, mm-hmm. make some money, make a difference. We'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye.